Order like a champ at Raisin Cane's. With tailgates of hand-battered chicken fingers and cane sauce and jugs of freshly made tea and lemonade, you can guarantee victory for every game day meal. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. Order online or on our app. Need a metabolic reset? Try HealRight Micronutrient Bars. When eaten daily for eight weeks, clinical studies showed HealRight can improve cholesterol, blood sugar, and weight management. And great-tasting HealRight works without additional diet or lifestyle changes or the serious side effects of medications. Visit HealRight.com with code HEAL for 15% off. H-E-A-L-R-I-G-H-T.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're watching Commander's Demand with your host, Sports PSP, exclusively on the Grid Network. Yo, what is up, everybody? It's your boy, Sports PSP. Welcome to another episode of Commander's Demand, only on the Grid Network. It's your boy, Sports PSP, in which I will discuss things surrounding the Washington Commanders and much more. Uh, First and foremost, folks, I hope everyone is enjoying a beautiful, lovely summer. I hope everyone is you know, spending some time, you know, hanging out, playing basketball, swimming, being around friends and family, having some good barbecues, reminiscing on the good old times. You know, just want to get that off the record. Man, we are in the middle of July. Today is July 19th, 2023. We are about a month and a half away, almost a month and a half away of football, folks. You know, this is really, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what 2023 is. And I know for Commanders fans, look, even though I expect the Commanders to finish last place in the division, I do expect a lot of highs because of the people that we have in place. so And one particular person goes none other than Eric B. Enemy, the current offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. So, folks, you know, I'm very happy, even though I've said it long before, Eric B. Enemy should be a head coach on the NFL level. And we all know why he's not a head coach, because there have been so many excuses for him. But you know what? I am happy 
that he is the offensive coordinator for this team. And I believe eventually once Ron Rivera walks out the door, Eric Bieniemy is going to be the new head coach. And speaking of Eric Bieniemy, I want to talk about one Patrick Mahomes. Yes, Patrick Mahomes, folks, the best quarterback, let alone the best player in the National Football League. He had this to say about Eric Bieniemy. Let me read you the quote from Eric Bieniemy, uh, from Patrick Mahomes. This is what he told the Associates uh, Press. This is his recent comments about Eric Bieniemy. It's definitely going to be different. He was a voice that has been in the locker room my entire career. And so to lose that voice, I mean, I'm excited for Washington because I know how inspiring that he can be and how smart he was for us. Now, I told you, I think last week or a couple of weeks ago, Travis Kelsey's comments about Eric Bieniemy. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are on to something because they've been around Eric Bieniemy. They know exactly how he operates. They know exactly how he flows. They know what type of head coach or coach, but they also know what type of person that they're getting from Eric Bieniemy, which is he is a no-nonsense guy. And he is the type of person that can motivate and elevate players to play at a high level. And I do think that he will do whatever it takes to energize the Washington fan base. Something that we Washington fans desperately need. Because I definitely think he has whatever it takes to be a head coach on any level. All the excuses. Well, he never called plays. You know, he was surrounded during his time with Andy Reid. And that's no shot on Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a phenomenal head coach and also a great person. That said, we never heard that with Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy, Doug Peterson, John Harbaugh. And John Harbaugh and Doug Peterson have been established. Again, they deserve all their credit. But you never know unless you give Eric Bieniemy a shot. And the reason why I've said it long before, folks, the reason why Eric Bieniemy has never get, get gotten an opportunity as a head coach, primarily because of the color of his skin. Because had it been, if Eric Bieniemy were a white coach, I don't believe for a fact they would have used Andy Reid, the system, the players, what he had around him in Kansas City as an excuse. Let me read you the comments from Patrick Mahomes again. It's definitely going to be different. He was a voice that has been in this locker room my entire career. And so to lose that voice, I mean, I'm excited for Washington because I know how inspiring that he can be and how smart he was for us. Could it be that Patrick Mahomes is telling us Washington fans something unique or exciting about Eric Bieniemy? That might be conducive for that fan base. Lord knows. That's something that we fucking desperately need. As a Washington fan base. And to hear that from the best quarterback. The best player in football. 
the face of the National Football League, the reigning Super Bowl champion, two times over, the reigning league MVP and Super Bowl MVP, for Patrick Mahomes to say those things about Eric the Enemy is refreshing. Because he's been around Eric the Enemy, as he said, his entire career. And I do think it's refreshing because Kansas City, they're going to miss him. The players are going to miss him. And meanwhile, for Washington, this is a start of something new. Something beautiful. And um, I'm very fortunate to have him. Look, I had Dev on the podcast. I think it was last week, and he spoke about how great Eric Bieniemy can be. And um, I'm very fortunate, even though I still think he should be a head coach in the NFL level, and we know why because of the color of his skin. Nevertheless, as a Commanders fan, I am very fortunate that he is a part of this organization, and I do believe once Ron Rivera walks out the door, he should be the head coach. Look at what he's done for the players. Jahan Doxson, a lot of the players around the commander's organization have said nothing but positive things about him. He's a leader of men. He's a leader of example. And he comes from the best coaching tree, which is Andy Reid. Not Bill Belichick's coaching tree. And we've seen Bill Belichick's coaching tree. It's been a disaster. He comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree. I can't think of a better coaching tree to be a part of than Andy Reid's. So I'm very glad that Patrick Mahomes said what he said, just like what Travis Kelsey said what he said. I don't think they're bluffing. I don't think they're making this stuff up at all because they recognize how great and how special Eric Bieniemy is. And uh, speaking of Eric Bieniemy, we're going to talk about one Antonio Gibson. He had some recent comments on what he's had to say about planning to play a wide receiver. Let me read you his quotes. Hopefully this year, it comes around to where I get to showcase on multiple occasions what I can do out there. This is what he told the commander's official website. First, I love being out there. I have fun out there. And once I get the ball in open space, I'm really that guy. At running back, I'm not going to say it's not possible because I've seen a lot of guys do it. But those opportunities are not there. Once you catch the ball in that open field, you got so much more space. So, Commanders fans, what are your thoughts about Eric Bieniemy? I'm, I'm sorry, Antonio Gibson possibly playing wide receiver for the Commanders. I mean, this could be really fun to watch, though. And especially, this is Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator. We saw what he did with Alex McKinnon. We saw what he did with Kareem Hunt before Kareem Hunt walked away from the team um, because of the situation that he was involved with his second year, you know, the TMZ video. I think Eric Bieniemy can put Antonio Gibson in a great situation to succeed. 
And if he properly utilizes him, Antonio Gibson can have a breakout season, a Pro Bowl caliber season. Now, his stats have declined each and each year, but that's in large part, I think, because of the offensive line. Washington doesn't have the greatest offensive line in the world to begin with. Let's just keep it a buck a hundred. Uh, let's keep it a buck fifty or a hundred. That Washington O line is just not that good, folks. Yes, we've added some pieces, but still, that isn't enough. And um, here are some stats uh, according to True Media. According to True Media, in three NFL seasons, Gibson has lined up in the slot just 56 times and out wide on 88 occasions, according to True Media. That is a total of 144 wide receiver snaps in 45 games, or about 3.2 per game. He's been in the backfield for almost 1,300 snaps, good for an 89% backfield snap rate. So, Commanders fans, how would you feel about Antonio Gibson playing more wide receiver? It could help out Sam Howell a lot. Because Sam Howell can have another weapon to throw the football to besides Terry McLaurin, which I will talk about in just a sec. And, of course, Jahan Dotson. So, Commanders fans, what are your thoughts? And I will put this in the comment section below. Do you think Antonio Gibson should play more at the wide receiver position? Because it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to be utilized with Eric Bieniemy as the new offensive coordinator. And if you look at Washington, they definitely need improvement with the passing game and especially who you have at quarterback with Sam Howell. I think this could definitely be a bonus. And especially, um, uh, see right here, I added the question, folks. Please feel free to weigh in and add your opinion. I'm always fascinated or intrigued to hear what y'all have to say. Because when you look at the running backs nowadays, it's more than just running the football, which is still fine. But you have to show different components in order for you to stay a member of an NFL team. And if Antonio Gibson can be incorporated more in the receiving game, then I think it's going to elevate his chances as far as making a pro bowl spot. I think it's going to elevate Eric the enemy because finally we can end all this shit for once. Well, it's not Andy Reid. It's him. If he incorporates Antonio Gibson more as a wide receiver, puts him in a better situation, utilizes him, also helps out the second young quarterback, Sam Howell. Can you imagine what this could do for Eric the enemy in terms of his chances of becoming a head coach? In the National Football League? Shit, man, that'd be nice. That'd be fun. That'd be exciting. That'd be intrigued to watch. 
I mean, who wouldn't want a running back that can not only run it, run in between the tackles, but also use in the slot or outside? Now, again, according to True Media, Gibson has lined up in the slot just 50, 56 times and out white uh, out on white on 88 occasions. So he hasn't been utilized as much as a receiver compared to running back. But I think this could be a great case for Antonio Gibson to elevate his chances. I would love it. I I I I I seriously would love it. I seriously would love an opportunity for Antonio Gibson to display his talent. I really do. I truly believe so for an absolute undeniable fact. So um again, please feel free to add your comments in the comment section below, folks. Again, I'll post a question. Do you think Antonio Gibson should play receiver? And if you want to add some comments in the comment section below, I will more than welcome answer your responses. Because again, folks, I'm always fascinated to what y'all have to say. Always fascinated to what y'all have to say. As long as there ain't nothing ridiculous or stupid, though. That's just me. All right, folks, let's talk about another subject. I read a little bit from an article from Chris Trespasso, um, who is the writer, um, NFL writer on CBS Sports. And he talked about the Tennessee Titans backup quarterback, Malik Willis, who was drafted, I think, in day two, second or third round. I don't remember he was what round he was drafted of. Folks, if you want to add your comments in the comment section below, add there. But he's the backup quarterback, one of the backup quarterbacks for the Tennessee Titans behind Ryan Tannehill, as well as Kentucky's Will Levis. And Chris Trespasso wrote an article about Washington as one of his destinations for Malik Willis to be at. Let me read you an excerpt from Chris Trespasso. While he rose to prominence during the Patrick Mahomes era, Washington's new offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, was integral in Alex Smith's resurgence before Mahomes took over in Kansas City. And those Chiefs offenses astutely tapped into Smith's athleticism as a runner and scrambler. And with Mahomes, particularly in 2022, the enemy demonstrated keen scheming skills, as even without Tyreek Hill. Kansas City's offense hummed as efficiently as always, without anyone locked into a long-term starting role at quarterback. I love to see the enemy work with a passer as naturally gifted as Willis. The veteran coordinator could easily deploy run-pass options and an assortment of easy one-read looks for Willis as the former Liberty passer develops as a professional. 
So that is what I read um, from Chris Trapasso, Chris, uh, Chris Trapasso of CBS Sports. Now, what are my thoughts about Malik Willis? Yes, Malik Willis does have size. He's 6'3", about 225, 230, cannon of an arm. But the problem with him is accuracy. And um, I saw a little bit in the game against Kansas City. Really didn't play particularly well. He definitely has mobility. He definitely has some upside. But he has to grow and develop as a passer as far as his accuracy, his anticipation. Now, the thought of Malik Willis possibly being a member of the Washington Commanders. For me, would I like this? I don't know. No, I, I don't think so. As you all know me, I've been on the record saying that Washington should tank the rest of the season. Tank the rest of the season. Get the number one overall pick and draft USC's reigning Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, Caleb Williams. That is what I am fascinated or intrigued with. I care about nothing else but tanking because Caleb Williams is the truth and a half. He has a higher ceiling. No disrespect to Malik Willis, but Caleb Williams obviously has a higher ceiling than Willis. In order for Washington to take that next step up, we have to get a big-time quarterback who can change the franchise, revolutionize the franchise, galvanize the franchise. And that quarterback is Caleb Williams. Not Malik Willis. If Eric Bieniemy does some things, does wonders with Malik Willis, then this validates his chances as far as being a head coach in the NFL. Because you work with a quarterback in Malik Willis who is talented, but raw, raw as a passer. You're talking about a guy who's currently a backup in the National Football League behind Ryan Tannehill. So if you put Malik Willis in Washington, does it make it exciting? Sure, it does make it exciting because unlike Sam Howell, Malik Willis got some wheels. And he does have a strong enough arm. But I think the commanders are sold on Sam Howell. They like what they've seen from Sam Howell as far as his leadership. Um, the way he's been practicing, the way he's acted and conducted himself as a teammate. So, if I, I, I've said it before, folks, I don't believe Sam Howell is the guy. But if I had a choice between getting a Malik Willis or somebody else in free agency or possibly tanking for the rest of the season to try to get their hands on Caleb Williams or Drake May from North Carolina, I go with the second option, and that is tanking. Because I feel like with those quarterbacks, I have a brighter future than Malik Willis or anyone's out there in free agency. I look at Caleb Williams, a lot of comparisons of Patrick Mahomes. 
in terms of the improvisational skills, the arm talent, the arm strength, the the throws inside and outside the pocket. And unlike Patrick Mahomes, even though Patrick Mahomes can move, not like Caleb Williams. And when I look at Drake May from North Carolina at 6'4", 220, he can make all the types of throws. Has a strong enough arm. And I think can be really good in the NFL level. When I look at their ceilings compared to a Malik Willis, I'd rather go in that direction of tanking than possibly trying to get Malik Willis. Now, if Malik Willis, if you tell me he can go on that trajectory as like a Jalen Hurts, because there were comparisons between him and Jalen Hurts coming out of college. Jalen Hurts, the only knock on him was his passing ability. But he spent a lot of work with the quarterback's coach. I think his name is Tom House, who's worked with, I think, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Jalen Hurts put in significant amount of time, and it got exponentially better. He got exponentially better as a passer. And, I, and just because he plays for the Philadelphia Eagles, let's keep in mind, folks. He used to play at OU. I'm going to always show love to people who played at OU. Even though he plays for the Philadelphia Eagles, he played at OU. So, hell yeah, I'm being biased in that regard. If Malik Willis can be a Jalen Hurts with a bigger arm, more athletic ability, but also like Hurts, that work ethic and the intangibles, and if you could put him there in Washington with the enemy, then Chris Trapasso is on to something. And he's also on to something when he mentions the run pass options, because yes, that's a component that Malik Willis can bring to the table more consistently than Sam Howell. Because like I said, Malik Willis obviously is a better athlete than Sam Howell. And it could make our running game more legit with him, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, and whoever we have at running back for the commanders. So I think that is um, something to look at. But like I said, if I have the higher, if I have a higher chance between tanking to get Caleb Williams or Drake May, or Malik Willis, who I'm unsure about, I go in the direction of tanking. Washington, to me, they win too many games. Like I said last week, they win too many games not to get a top draft pick, but they don't win enough games to get to the playoffs. If they lose enough games to get a top pick and a quarterback to compete within that division, for the next decade or so, I go in that direction because at the end of the day, you're only going to go as far as your quarterback. And I hate saying that because now you look at the running backs with Christian Mc, uh, with um, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard not reaching long-term deals. And again, we can talk. I could talk about that for another day about how devalued the running back position is. But nevertheless, you're only going to go as far as your quarterbacks, folks. You're only going to go as far as your quarterbacks. All right. So 
Next subject. You know, on Sunday, after I finished work, after I was chilling, after work, I was just chilling, hanging out by myself, went to the liquor store, grabbed me a nice, good, angry orchard. Folks, if you want to get go get a nice drink, hot as hell, when it's hot as hell or whatever, get a nice, angry orchard. Pour it in a nice glass with their ice or not. Nothing better than a nice, angry orchard or some red wine if you're interested. But while I was sipping on my drink, I was listening to Ryan. And shout outs to Ryan. Great member on the Grid Network. He just got back from vacation. Does his podcast every Sunday. Check out to him. He was talking about hard knocks. And of course, as we all know, folks, hard knocks, the New York Jets will be on hard knocks. And I think the real reason why is because it's New York and in large part because of Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers were not with the New York Jets, I don't believe for a second that it would be on hard knocks. And of course, with Sauce Gardner as well. And I was listening to Ryan and he made an interesting comment about. Washington being on the cover of Hard Knocks. And maybe Ryan can comment on the comment section below. And fellas, feel free to weigh your comments in the comment section. I think he made the comparison of Washington being on Hard Knocks kind of like Desperate Housewives. Because of all the situations such as with Roger Goodell, Daniel Snyder. You know, we all know, folks, that Daniel Snyder is eventually selling the team or just sold the team to Josh Harris, who's the part-time owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, New Jersey Devils, who will be the new owner of the Washington Commanders. And Ryan made some valid points saying that, you know, Daniel Snyder, he's going to sell the team, but he's not going to go down without a fight. Like, I'm going to sell the team, but I'm I'm, going to get my money. I'm going to get whatever I want because at the end of the day, I feel like I'm being pushed and forced by these owners who want me out. And, you know, Daniel Snyder and Roger Goodell, they were accused of sending emails from John Gruden, emails from John Gruden that led to his departure of the Raiders. As you all know, folks, John Gruden wrote some emails that were racist, sexist, homophobic, one including the NFLPA Players Association Director DeMora Smith. He called them Dumbora Smith and said he had lips the size of Michelin tires. And then later, I think it was from the New York Times back in October, in which John Gruden said some homophobic things, particularly calling Roger Goodell the F word. Um saying a bunch of other things. I mean, just go look and check it for yourself, folks. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. And because of that, that led to his departure from the Raiders, his resignation from the Raiders. I think Ryan hit hit it on the head about Desperate Housewives. I mentioned in the comment section below, I said... Maybe not Desperate Housewives, but definitely the Kardashians. I think the Kardashians, if Hard Knocks were to cover the Washington Commanders currently, 
they would be the Kardashians because they'd be entertaining, captivating, and Washington, what we all know for a fact, drama. Commanders fans, let's just call it for what it is. Drama. Anywhere you go with this organization, drama. Look at the shitty-ass stadium. Literally one of the worst stadiums in football. The worst. You look at the shitty-ass product far too long under the Daniel Snyder era. You look at everything surrounding this organization. It is nothing but a shit show, a clown show, a drama zone. And with Washington, remember, the reason why we found out about the John Gruden emails is because the organization, Washington, the sexual misconduct, sexual harassment allegations. If hard knocks were to cover the Washington commanders, given everything that has transpired to this organization and with the accusations against Roger Goodell and Daniel Snyder. Now, Roger Goodell and Daniel Snyder have denied the allegations. The NFL spokesman, Brian McCarthy, denied the allegations. Daniel Snyder's attorney denies that Daniel Snyder had any involvement in leaking the emails from Gruden. But I think if Washington were on hard knocks, it would have been a shit show disaster. The type of disaster that people would love to watch, like Love and Hip Hop or Desperate Housewives, or as I said, the Kardashians, because people are so tuned into seeing catastrophes and dramas and torment. And I can't think of a better organization known for all those things than Washington. And I also said, folks, that whether the accusations against Gruden, uh, against Daniel Snyder and Roger Goodell are legit, whether they're legit or not, it does not absolve what John Gruden said. Stand by what I said by that. John Gruden was flat out wrong for saying those disgusting, deplorable, racist, sexist, homophobic things in those emails. Let's not lose sight of that. He said what he said in those emails, and on top of that, he was not producing. So if you're not producing, and if you're saying those, and if you feel those things, out you go. Because first of all, it's going to make the NFL a horrible look. How the rest of the players, because if I'm not mistaken, 70% of the players are black. How's he going to handle the rest of the players on the Raiders roster who are black? And considering the homophobic things that he said, remember Carl Nassib, a very interesting person, because I think he was the first person that came out as gay, the first openly active NFL player to come out as gay. And we all know what John Gruden had to say about about Michael Sam and the homophobic language he used against Roger Goodell. So the Raiders, of course, had no other choice but to move on from him. Instead, they gave him the opportunity for him to walk away rather than just cutting him. But that's a story for another day. But um, like I said, I I love what Ryan had to say. I'm, I'm glad that he said what he said. Feel free to check Ryan's podcast, folks, every Sunday mornings. Um, he, I, I love the term, I love the analogy that he used the desperate housewives 
but I'm more of like the Kardashians. Maybe it's just me because the Kardashians, you know, they're crazy. I mean, you think of them, you think of a lot of drama. Although I am a fan of Kim Kardashian, I am a fan of some of the people in that family. Hey, I'll admit it. But um, I love what Ryan had to say. Now, folks, let's talk about the Madden ratings. The Madden, Madden ratings. Uh, Madden came out with a list. Chase Young was rated 85 overall. I don't think it's that bad. I think if you're Chase Young, you should probably understand, look, I've been injured the past couple of seasons, and I haven't been producing in a level like Micah Parsons or Nick Bosa or the other young defensive players in the NFL. So I think Chase Young can live with that. Deron Payne, who last year had the best year of his NFL career so far, had double-digit sacks, made the Pro Bowl. He was pissed off um, with his Madden rating. His Madden rating, his overall rating is 83. And this is what he actually told, uh, what he said on Twitter on July 18th. Who I pissed off, EA Madden NFL, y'all wild. And I don't blame Deron Payne for feeling what he felt because Deron Payne should be a, should have been a little bit higher. In my opinion, he should be like an 86 or an 87. Now, do I think he deserves to be in the ballpark of an Aaron Donald or, or Quinn Williams? No, but I think he's a very good player. He's a very valuable player. And the one thing we know about Washington, our D-line is no joke. Our D-line is absolutely no joke. Jonathan Allen also got a 92 overall on Madden. Shoutouts to him. He and Deron Payne provide a lot of value because they can get after the quarterback and they can also stop the run. And also, let's not forget Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Because when those guys are available for the team, our D-line is no joke. They're no joke. And also with another player with the commanders, we got Terry McLaurin. Um, Madden came up with their top 10 wide receivers list. As you see, Justin Jefferson, 99 overall. Tyreek Hill, uh, number two with a 98 overall. Devontae Adams, number three at 97 overall. I, I got a problem with that. I think Devontae Adams is still the best wide receiver. He should be number one overall, in my opinion. But, hey, to each his own. That's Madden. Stephon Diggs, 96 overall. Cooper Cup, 96 overall. Jamar Chase, 94 overall. DeAndre Hopkins. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I think Terry McLaurin... You can make an argument Terry McLaurin at this point is better than DeAndre Hopkins. One, he's younger. B, the past three seasons without no-name quarterbacks, he has produced. He's had over 1,000 yards. And if there's one wide receiver you would go forward with between D-Hop or Terry McLaurin, I'm sorry, I'd go with Terry McLaurin at this point. So they got Terry McLaurin 
eighth at 92 overall. They got A.J. Brown, 91 overall. Omari Cooper, 91 overall. C.D. Lamb, 90. Mike Evans, 90. Keenan Allen, 89. Debo Samuel, 89. Tyler Lockett, 89. Mike Williams, 88. D.K. Metcalf, 88. Jalen Waddle, 88. Amon Ross St. Brown, 87. And Devontae Smith, um, 87. So, folks, like I said, I think right now, and, of course, we all know the recent news, DeAndre Hopkins signed the contract with the Tennessee Titans. But I think at this point, you can make an argument Terry McLaurin is better than DeAndre Hopkins. The past two seasons, he's been more available than DeAndre Hopkins. He's produced. He's had a couple of seasons of over 1,000 receiving yards. DeAndre Hopkins missed the first four missed the first four or six games last season because of the PED violation. You look at what Terry McLaurin has done the past couple of seasons. He's been available. He has produced as well. And he's younger. So availability is the best ability. So, I, I mean, when you take that into consideration, I think Terry McLaurin should be rated above DeAndre Hopkins. Because now DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to go to Tennessee. Now, in Tennessee, they got Derrick Henry, Traylon Burks, but Ryan Tannehill as the quarterback. Even though I'm unsure with Sam Howell, but Ryan Tannehill, I don't understand why D-Hop, besides money, why he would go to Tennessee. But, hey, that, that's his choice. But right now, you can make an argument Terry McLaurin is better than DeAndre Hopkins because he's been more available. He's proven like DeAndre Hopkins. And shout out to Bryson again. He brought up the great comparison. Terry McLaurin is the new DeAndre Hopkins because you look at Terry McLaurin and what he's done in his career – he hasn't had really a legit quarterback to throw the football to. I mean, from Dwayne Haskins Jr., rest his soul, Alex Smith, who came off that horrible leg injury, Kyle Allen, you look at uh, Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke, now Sam Howell. Terry McLaurin has been able to produce. Terry McLaurin has been more available than DeAndre Hopkins. And Terry McLaurin's value means a lot to the commander's organization just like DeAndre Hopkins maybe more so if you want to make an argument Terry McLaurin over DeAndre Hopkins I have no problem with it do I think he's better it's crazy uh, to a lot of D-Hop fans I think he may be better because he has produced he has stayed healthy and he's done with less quarterbacks no-name quarterbacks. That's my opinion. And when I look at Jonathan Allen on the defensive lineman list at 92, I'll live with it. Obviously, Aaron Donald is 99 overall. You ain't touching him. As for Deron Payne, I think he should be higher in 86, in 87, or in 88. He should be much higher than in 83. And Madden, um, when I look at the wide receivers list, I know I'm digressing, folks, because, again, it is commander's demand. But I'm sorry. Justin Jefferson should not be number one overall. 
Tyreek Hill should not be above Devontae Adams. I feel like the only reason they gave Devontae Adams third is because he played with the Raiders and he played with Derek Carr. But Devontae Adams still had 100-plus receptions, 100 receptions, 1,500 yards, double-digit touchdowns, still showed without Aaron Rodgers that he's the best wide receiver in football. If you look at Devontae Adams' numbers statistically, individually, it was much better than what Aaron Rodgers had last season. Devontae Adams last year individually had better numbers at his position than Aaron Rodgers at his. That's facts. There's no way to put it. But yeah, I I think Terry McLaurin should be higher than DeAndre Hopkins. I got a problem with the wide receivers list. No disrespect to Justin Jefferson. I have him as my second best wide receiver. I think Devontae is number one. I do not have Tyreek Hill at number two. So I have Devontae one. I have Justin Jefferson two. I have Diggs third. I have Tyreek Hill fourth. And I think I have uh I think I have um Jamar Chase five. Those are the wide receivers. Those are my top five at this very moment. So I'll leave it there. Um Terry McLaurin has to be somewhere around that seventh, eighth-ish range. But Folks, I thought about start, bench, or cut. It's tough right here. Between Jahan Dotson, Antonio Gibson, and um, Brian Robinson. I'm going to start Jahan Dotson because I believe the best is yet to come with Jahan Dotson. He had a good, solid rookie season. He and Sam Howell have built a rapport. He likes what Sam Howell's been doing. And I think that Jahan Dotson is going to have more opportunities because Terry McLaurin, he's going. they're going to figure out ways to take away him out of the equation Meanwhile, it's going to give more opportunities for Jahan Dotson to flourish. And I think Howell is going to find a way to get Dotson to football more. So I start Jahan Dotson. I bench Antonio McCaleb. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I bench Antonio Gibson. I, I apologize. I bench Antonio Gibson because I think he could be that good running back. And I think that Eric Bieniemy is going to do a good job as far as utilizing him. And then there's Brian Robinson. I think I, I, I value a running back more who can run and also catch the football. So for me, I start Jahan Dotson because the best is yet to come. I think he his ceiling will be even higher. There's going to be much more responsibility on Terry McLaurin. They're going to double team him, I think, and that's going to give more opportunities for Brian Robinson, uh, for Jahan Dotson to flourish. Bench Antonio Gibson because I do think they're going to use him at the wide receiver, and I think he's more dynamic. And I would cut Brian Robinson Jr. because I think Antonio Gibson can do much more. So that's my list as far as the start, bench, or cut.
that concludes the rest of Commander's Demand, folks. Don't worry, folks. If you want to follow me here, Sports PSP, like and subscribe to my YouTube channel, as well as my Instagram, Sports PSP, as well as TikTok, Sports PSP3. Also, go check out the Sports PSP podcast, which will um, I will come up with uh, next episode Friday night. We're going to discuss more NFL. We're going to discuss more NBA news. And maybe we're going to talk about some other things. So um, feel free. Thank y'all for tuning in to Commander's Demand podcast. Um, every Wednesday nights, new episodes. Every Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Specific only on the Grid Network. Thank y'all for tuning in. And peace. <laughs>